Welcome back inside the cockpit. I'm your pilot, Josh. And I'm your other, more sober pilot, Justice. And this is our once-a-month interstitial content. Welcome. This is where we hang out in the cockpit, fill you in on what we're up to, and just hang out and vibe. It's a shorter episode than our normal reviews, but I think they're just as fun. Yeah, it's like that whole introduce you to your pilot thing before your airplane takes off. Hi, I'm... My name is blah, blah, blah. I'll be your pilot today. We'll be flying so high. The weather conditions are blah, blah, blah. But more in depth. We really, you know, we like to get into the meat of it. Let you really know what your pilot's like. Well, the weather conditions recently have been very snowy. Right, Texas? Yeah. We're not yeah. from Texas. It's just everybody knows Texas froze over. Yeah. We I mean, all, I would all... assume most people do at least. Yeah, we also got like four feet of snow, but that's normal. We're Indiana. Yeah, that shit happens. Indiana does what it wants. Did you know I finally, like, you know the meme, right? Indiana's weather changes every three days, da 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 Yeah, yeah. Without a, without a whim, so on and so forth. It's a meme. If you live in Indiana, have you seen the meme? If you don't, if you live near Indiana or have visited Indiana, you've seen the meme. Probably. The thing is, I finally found the scientific reasoning why Indiana's weather is fucked. Yeah, the geographical location. Yeah, we're south of a giant body of water. Mm-hmm. And we're literally right next to a mountain range. And then we have the plains situated to our west. Yeah. Like that wide open expanse. The geographics just like lend itself to this no, whirl, whirlwind yeah. of weather. A lot of weather smashes together. Yeah. That wasn't anything I wanted to talk about on this episode. I just found it interesting that it's been 27 years and I'm finally realizing why Indiana's weather is insane. Yeah, because it's fucking bullshit. It really is. So I know you had some stuff you wanted to talk about. Apparently you watched a like show that is legitimately amazing. Yeah, it's really well fucking reviewed. Its latest season is 100% from critics and 100% from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. Overall, it has an 8.4 from IMDb, uh, like 94 from Google users. And on Rotten Tomatoes, 100% all three seasons from critics and doesn't drop below, I think, a 96 actually definitely doesn't drop below 95 for any of the three seasons from the audience so what is this show that is critically acclaimed and like inarguably amazing infinity train it was a uh, on cartoon network i mean cartoon network probably still re-air some of it but you can also find it on hbo max and it is fantastic and like each season felt like it got better and each episode is like 12 minutes long so i binged through all three seasons in not one sitting but in like two days and it was fan-fucking-tastic how many episodes is that three seasons is it like shorter seasons or... uh i think the first one's like 10 and i, I think they're all generally around 10 episodes i think the so yeah like... i think they're all 10 episodes so really that's like six hours or so yeah it's not bad it's two fucking movies or four yeah i plan on watching it at some point i just hadn't heard of it personally i finally got around to starting demon slayer which yeah. is apparently a pretty hype anime. I mean, yeah, if you watch anime, you've heard of Demon Slayer. It's been constantly on, like, all the anime review people I watch. They've constantly been talking about it. And people who I like who do other content are like, hey, have you guys heard of Demon Slayer? Even though they don't talk about anime stuff. So I've assumed it was good. Yeah. I finally started it. I'm about halfway through the first season. And it's good. I mean, they're, they're not wrong. Um, It's a little... It's a little mid-tier. If there weren't certain elements, I would give it like a 7 out of 10. Which isn't bad. No, it's not bad. It reminds me a lot of Hunter x Hunter and Yu Yu Hakusho, which are both great shounen animes. True, true. And I could see this being like this generation's Yu Yu Hakusho or Hunter x Hunter. Yeah. But 
if it didn't have the scoring and music it has it's scoring is so fucking fantastic i've only watched the first episode yeah, I, you I, literally I, just made me watch it before we started this i literally made you sit down and watch that episode because like look i want you to see how good the scoring is whoever was in charge of that music is just the score is so well fucking done and the animation is also fantastic but mainly that fucking score, man. Okay, so this is from the first episode, so I don't feel like this is spoilers for anybody, but Tanjiro is the main character. His sister, Natsuko, becomes a demon. She gets infected with demon blood and becomes a demon. Yeah. And there's this scene where she is trying to kill her brother because she just became a demon, and the music in the background, like, this scene is not emotionally pulling at my heartstrings at all, but this music in the background is literally got me on the verge of tears. I don't give a shit about these characters yet. I've, I've seen them yeah, for no, like... No. The music makes you invested and it's really well done because that is what you should strive to do with a musical score. You want it to build moments. You want it to make you invested in the show or the movie or whatever you're fucking yeah. watching. So that's And this show does it so, 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 so well. That's my takeaway of Demon Slayer. The character designs are good. The, the plot so far has been pretty okay, but the music is like a 10 out of 10. And whoever's, whoever they had doing like background art, like I know that's a separate person that didn't do the people doing like keyframes and character work. Whoever's doing that the mountain shots and the forest, these people are fucking amazing. Like just they are really great at their craft. The art surrounding the story of Demon Slayer is, is better, in my opinion, than Demon Slayer has been so far. I'm still going to watch more of it, obviously. Like, I don't plan on like, just dropping it. It's, yeah. one of, it's like one of the shonens that are on my list to hit. Like, it's Demon Slayer, Jujutsu no Kaisen, and hopefully Haikyuu next season's out I, by I then. I don't think Jujutsu Kaisen has a no in it. I think it's just Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, you're my, you might be right, Jujutsu Kaisen. That sounds right. I was wrong. But yeah, so Demon Slayer, with the music taken into account, I'm going to give it like an eight and a half, nine out of 10, based on the first half of the first season. Yeah, you've watched like what, seven episodes? Yeah, and there's like 15 episodes in the season, I think. Nice. It's very good, just because of that music. So I also finally got around to watching Blade Runner 2049. Still haven't seen it? Uh, yeah, but you've seen the original Blade Runner, right? Have you not? I don't want to... Oh, that fucking face. You I haven't read... seen the original Blade Runner. I read Runner. the book. <laughs> <laughs> i've read the book okay philip k dick's novels are great I'll give i you love that. his books and in fact here's why i haven't seen the movie before i ever read a philip k dick novel in my life yeah i saw adjustment bureau and i was like oh this is really good it was like based on a based on a story by philip k dick so i read the story mm. the philip k dick short story is better than the fucking movie it is, it is absolutely better and then i was like oh well i know blade runner is a movie i need to watch but there's this book that blade runner is based off of i'm gonna read that instead i read the book it's fucking great and i was just like well maybe i'll watch blade runner if it's like on tv or something but like i've never come across blade runner by accident i got you I understand that and it's not on my list of things to watch because just the book was so good so like obviously the book is so much fucking better but i think the blade runner movie holds up by itself as well it's obviously different than the book also not to interrupt you i've already seen blade runner the movie except it starred keanu reeves and it was called johnny mnemonic yeah but johnny mnemonic's kind of not good it starts keanu reeves i don't know what you're talking about it has to be good <laughs> yeah i don't think that's how that works it's exactly how it works no just because you're extremely biased in favor of keanu reeves does not make it work oh on that note of keanu reeves i got my digital download for berserkers first issue oh yeah i forgot you kickstarted that 
Yeah. Berserkers is a comic book, which is being written or there. Keanu Reeves is in. He's involved, created by him. I think he has writing input. I don't remember how much, but there is another writer. So he's Stan Lee in it. I don't know how much involvement he has in it. That might be the case, but I'm not entirely certain of it. I'm just going to take it aside here. When I say Stan Lee in it, I mean he came up with the basic concept of the character and then outsourced all the work to Steve Ditko. Yeah, Steve Ditko is fucking amazing. And anyone who says otherwise can fuck off because they're just I mean, obviously fucking he, wrong. Obviously, Steve Ditko is amazing. I think my only issue is Stan Lee gets way more credit for everything than he deserves. Like, yes. Yes, a lot of it is definitely the individuals he has working with him on his creations. It's weird that you put that all in present tense when he's very dead. True, true. You're right. Um, It says, yeah, it's written by Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent. Okay. Kent, K-I-N-D-T. So I assume he's given a writing credit and not just a creative by credit. So I assume he definitely has some say in the story. That would make more sense, yeah. But the illustrations are by Ron Garney. And I know you don't recognize the name. Mm-mm. But I guarantee if you look up like just Ron Garney covers for comics... You will fucking recognize them. So have you read this first issue yet? Or Yeah, yeah, I read it. Okay. I also read the preview because the preview gave me a preview of Boom Studios' new run of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I was looking at kickstarting that. Like... Oh, the it's also great. And I want several of the variant covers from it because it shows them in the back of it. Yeah. No, I, I want so many of them. They are fucking amazing. Okay, yeah, I, I don't, I didn't recognize the name, but I've seen some of his, like, Punisher art and stuff. Yeah. Oh, he did a he, lot of the iconic Captain America art. He also did a lot of Wolverine art, you'll recognize. But <sighs> also, I'll show you a picture here of just from Berserker, and see, you can tell that that's his style. Yeah, It okay. is fucking great. Okay, yeah. So, the, the first issue of the comic isn't anything to write home about, really, Be- besides I love Ron Garney's art. This is apparently the first thing he's done outside of DC or Marvel since the 90s. It is, yeah. He has been majorly involved with DC and Marvel, but I mean, fairly so. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of competition in the early 2000s for either Marvel or DC. This is like, this is what I think of when I think like, this is one of the most iconic shots of the X-Men when I think of X-Men. Yeah. And it's by Ron Garney. Yeah, I, I'm a like you can throw put that, that up in the on show notes, Twitter, show notes, yeah. whatever. But no, he is fucking amazing, and I'm not gonna lie. Part of me is just happy to see Boom getting like a great artist like him working on something that they're publishing because Boom Studios puts out a lot of great shit. But because you know, if it's not Marvel or DC or it's not directly tied to one of those two, most people overlook those publishing companies, which is kind of sad because they put out great fucking comics. I think even Marvel and DC, most people overlook the comics. Like comics don't sell well nowadays in general so i think a lot of it is just comics get overlooked so you have to be like leading marvel comics or leading dc comics to like get noticed outside of the comic book community but boom studios has great work and like i said berserker's story is nothing to write home about right now it's neat you can tell it's going to try to go in some pretty neat places but i mean it's the first fucking issue what do you expect yeah so other than Demon Slayer, I've been watching Burn Notice still. Obviously. I'm on the fifth season now, so I'm very close to finish with it. I'm definitely in territory where I've never seen these episodes before, and they're all new to me, which is cool. Nice. I love these stupid USA shows. Like, they're all, like, mid at best. Just, in general, they're mid shows. But they're, there's something nice about, like, a show where the entire plot is summed up in 44 minutes. It's nice knowing that the episode is the entire story yeah and at the same time i love shows where like you need to binge 13 episodes to get a full arc (laughs) 
Like, yeah. there's something nice about those mid 2000s and like I guess even like 90s shows where the where the story was the single episode. Yeah, episodic shows. Yeah, on, you on, watch one, you're good. They might have like a bit of an overarching story. We've touched on yeah. like this entire model for shows before. Yeah, on the flip side, there's WandaVision, which just finished. And my fucking god, was it amazing. So, I've been meaning to get to this. There was this thing going around Twitter. Um, Our friend posted that, actually. And it's, like, asking you to rank all the Marvel properties in the MCU based on your preferences. And I think WandaVision's my number one. I know that's a strong statement because, like, you've got stuff like Homecoming and Endgame and Civil War and... Doctor Strange, in my opinion. Winter Winter Soldier. so few people put it in their top 10. Doctor but. Strange is like B-tier Marvel to me. Nah, like, I, I loved, loved it, it, but like it's it's better than the mids, but it's not the greatest. Nah, it's up there for me, mainly just because it's not. I've always been a fan, as you know, of when it comes to comics and shit, more of the not big, giant, punchy fights, more yeah, no. thought-based, magic-based characters, no, stuff like that. 100% Doctor Strange. The fucking final encounter in Doctor Strange. It, that alone makes me so fucking happy no I, I agree with you the end of doctor strange is really good and it's a really nice diversion from the normal marvel storytelling but at the same time the first 40 minutes of the movie are like eh. no i'm down with the first 40 minutes but i think wandavision is my favorite marvel thing they've done in the mcu yeah i don't i don't blame you wandavision was fucking fantastic now do we want to actually like discuss wandavision like dive into it i think uh, it's gonna, been a week since the yeah, finale but, aired. But I'm going to go with now. I'm going to give people... I think we should give people a bit of time. Maybe next interstitial. That'll, that'll give them a little over a month to have watched it. Well, I actually have some other plans for our next interstitial. Um, I mean, that's fine. We can wait, too. I think we should wait some because a week's not really a lot. We can give it till um, Winter Soldier and Falcon finish. Yeah, that's fine. And like come back and look at, look at both of them. I really do feel bad for Falcon and Winter Soldier because <laughs> they were supposed to go first, but COVID moved them to second. Yeah. And WandaVision is so amazing. It's going to be, you know, hard to top. I don't want to say that WandaVision is the best thing comics has ever had, like the best television or movie property comics have ever been turned into, but it might be the best thing comics have ever been turned into. American comics. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm not comparing it to like bebop or parasite or i mean bakuman th- your first one also doesn't doesn't work in that statement why oh, show bebop, first bebop adaption was, came yeah, after yeah yeah okay i'm not comparing <laughs> it to bakuman or parasite the maxim i'm not like an insane man yeah yeah i understand yeah, yeah. i was just clarifying okay so if we're not gonna dive deep into one division i do want to hit one thing on it um, do it. I'm sorry, everybody. Evan Peters isn't Quicksilver. Yeah. That was such a, like, it's a little bit of a bait to cast him like that, but it's also kind of hilarious. Yeah, no, it's it's a fucking great bait and switch just to mess with people. Yes. So the only other thing that I've been watching has, I started an anime called High Rise Invasion. It's new on Netflix if anyone wants to give it a shot, but I want to like just <laughs> go through my thought process when I was starting High Rise Invasion. Because I, initially, I saw the trailer before the series ever came out. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this looks kind of hype. It's kind of an isekai. It's, okay. about, it's about teenagers, not just teenagers, there's adults in the world too. People. It's about people waking up in a world where they're just stuck on top of skyscrapers and like the first, like the top five floors of buildings. Okay. All the elevators, there's no elevators, they don't exist, there's no elevator shafts. All the stairs have been like cemented closed and they're stuck on these buildings and like the buildings are connected by rope bridges and there's these people that wear smiling face masks that are trying to torture these people until they kill themselves. All right. It sounds like a creepy pasta, but it also like sounds like it could be a cool psycho psycho thriller. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna give this a shot. So the other night I was like, I want to watch a shonen, and I guess really high rise is more of a seinen. But my mind was like, maybe it's shonen enough. 
Yeah, understandable. So I sat down, I mean, like, tur- turned it on, mm-hmm. and like before I even got to like the opening part of the show, Netflix was like <laughs> TVMA, and I was like, okay, it was like violence, cigarette use, drug use, sexual violence, and I was like, god damn it! I think having sexual violence in your storytelling, when used properly, can, can be, be fine. Can be used to tell a story, but sometimes that's just not something you fucking want. Well, yeah, and it's also like it, it doesn't just need to be edgy to be edgy. I don't care what you say about oh, it was it was a big anime the same year Shield Hero came out, Goblin Slayer. That's oh yeah, yeah. Like I don't care what you say about that rape scene in Goblin Slayer. It was it was gratuitous. No, no, no. it was merely, in my opinion, meant to cause controversy. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, that way it would garner attention, and like, and it fucking worked. When High Rise Invasion dropped that sexual violence in the first episode thing on me, I was like, mm. I, I almost stopped. I was like. I'm, not, I'm just not going to watch this. I'm going to find somebody else to watch it. Then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to give it a shot. So I turned it on, watched the first episode. I ended up watching the second episode too, just because like co-pilots. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's terrible. It, it's Habit like forming. the voice acting, the English voice acting is garbage. Not just the main main voice actress who um, continuously sounds like her direction was try to sound like the girls in Friday the 13th, but make it where we can't understand what you're saying when you scream. Thank you. <sighs> Coda from Ghost Stories? <laughs> okay, but the overarching idea of the show is that the people wearing masks aren't trying to torture you because they want to torture you. And it's not because this is some type of purgatory, which would have been a cool like story beat. It's because they're being controlled by technology. The masks have some type of computer program in them, and when you look at the mask, it takes control of your brain and it starts giving you orders. Ooh, that sounds And in case you were wondering how the sexual eh. violence in the first episode resolved itself, it's a police officer being a police officer, you know, abusing his authority to try to rape a woman. He does get sniper shot in the face though, so I guess even Japan agrees A cab. Yeah, that tracks. But yeah, high rise invasion. I wouldn't watch it, but if you want to give it a shot. Feel free. But but what if I don't want to give it a shot? I also wouldn't want to give it a shot. Not now that I've seen it. Like, I like creepypastas. I like stupid, like, psycho thrillers where, like, the plot doesn't actually, like, flesh itself out for 30-something episodes because it's too busy flating itself. Because the plot's too busy flating itself with, oh, look at us. We're, we're so deep. So, like, it's stupid. But I love that uh, stuff. I, yeah. So, um, I looked at the voice actors because I have no idea who she is because I haven't listened to it okay. or watched any of it. It's Stephanie Shea. I don't know who Shea. that is. I never know how to pronounce her name. She voices Orihime in Bleach. Be fair, I thought Orihime was voiced well in the English. Like, Yeah. She's Mitsuwa from um, Your Name. She is a really great voice actress which definitely does if what you're saying is true make it feel like that had to be someone's fucking direction like i said it seems like the voice direction was do the worst job you can here and that that is bad i mean i might be wrong because i have her imdb pulled up now and it's not saying she's listed on that but when i checked the dub cast it said it yeah um if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I apologize. I've been given misinformation by the internet. It happens all the time to dozens of people. Well, millions of people all around the world. Let's see. High Rise Invasion, Demon Slayer. Oh, I read a book. You can read? Well, I didn't read a book because I, I listened to it at work. You're a liar. <laughs> so there's this movie that came out a couple years ago that I really enjoyed, but now I kind of hate because the book is just straight better. It's called Crazy Rich Asians. The book is so good, guys. Like, <laughs> I thought the movie was good, but the movie's just okay. And, like, I don't... There's a genre of movies that was really popular in the 90s where it's rich people dealing with rich people problems. Yeah. That's kind of Crazy Rich Asians. It's rich people dealing with rich people problems, but they're Asian now, and one of them's not rich. They have to learn what it's like to be rich, though. Oh, no. Um, that's that. Still really enjoyable. I love the character development in the books. The story is very good. 
However, the second book is noticeably worse than the first, and it's kind of upsetting. But yeah, so if you like the movie, I would suggest reading the book or listening to it on Audible. This is not a plug by Audible. Nobody pays us money because nobody listens to our podcasts. I don't even listen to them. I do occasionally, which is really weird. I mean, I I do to edit, but... I do when we have guests, just because I want to hear it put together with the guest stuff. Yeah, definitely. Like, anyways, did you have anything else? I watched the second season of an animated comedy from TBS that is honestly not great, but entertaining and funny. Okay, I mean, I could I could hang yeah, with that. Yeah, like, it's... Like, no, okay, so when you say entertaining and funny, like... It's TBS-level comedy, so, so, animated comedy. So do we mean, like, it's... Okay, so I'm going to give you some... I'm going to throw some names out here. You do tell it. me which one is most like. Family Guy? No. American Dad? No. Futurama? Ugly, Closer. Ugly Americans? No. South Park? No. That new show that that stars the guy from um, Resident Alien, but it's oh, a yeah, cartoon. Yeah. No. I'd say you were fairly close with Futurama, partially because it's set in space. Um, but I'd say it's kind of also other show I'm about to compare it to is set in space. It's kind of like comedy wise and like maturity wise set in like with like Futurama. Okay. Mixed with Bravest Warriors. I have never watched Bravest Yes, you have. War- no, I, I've Catalog, watched baby. parts. I've watched parts of episodes because you're like, Josh, you should watch this. It's one. always been Wankersham. But. <laughs> it's always been Wankersham. I don't even know what that word means, but it's a funny word. It's a name. Wankersham. But no. Um, Wankersham. I'm saying Bravest Warriors because it has some random comedy here and there. Because Finn and Jake show up? No. Because it has some random comedy here and there, and its violence is actually more graphic than Futurama's violence. Because, yeah, Futurama gets violent, but it's not super graphic about it. Mm-hmm. Final Space, we shoot some people and they blow up sometimes with, like, blood and shit everywhere. But it's good, and it has a actually good overarching story throughout all two seasons. So What is this What is this show called? You still haven't given us a name. Oh, yeah, yeah, I probably should. Final Space. I guess you did mention that name somewhere, but you didn't yeah. tell us that's what it yeah, was no, called. Yeah, the, the show is called Final Space. I actually caught the, like, animation test, show plot test on YouTube before it ever got picked up by TBS. Okay, that's cool. And I was like, this seems neat. I hope this guy makes more of it. And then I stumbled across it being put on TBS. I'm like, they made fucking more of it. Speaking of shows I hope get made more of, but just started as a test. It's a little girl, and she's got, like, the ability to make barriers and protect herself. Epithet Erased. Yeah, Epithet Erased. God, that show's so good. It's so cute. It's cute and funny and unique in its animation. I I think it's animation. Okay, so... Spinning off on Epithet Erased real fast. I think its animation is actually a hurdle for some people. It because, definitely is, yeah. Because it's kind of like, the, the animation is kind of like a cutscene from a Game Boy Advance era Fire Emblem game. Yes. And by that I mean it's so... Character profiles, uh, generally from like the shoulders up, being wobbled back and forth across the screen, like up from a top-down view yeah. on like a map. But then it cuts to like, hey, look, actual animation and characters interacting, fight scenes, stuff like that. I don't know. It was amazing, and I loved it. They didn't do that so much, though, in the latter episodes. It was more animation. Yeah, and I think that's because the earlier episodes were proof of concept. And then, and then I think Crunchyroll picked it up for, like, a Crunchyroll original thing, for, like, funded it some. I, I know it was on, on Verve. That's what I remember. Yeah, which is, which so. Which was Crunchyroll, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Verve is owned by the people who own Crunchyroll. Who is owned by the people who own AT&T? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every internet thing you watch is actually just the equivalent of a cable service provider. They're conglomerating, <laughs> and they're trying to trick you into thinking that that's not what's happening. But that's why, and in fact, though, it's still so separate. So you have all these different services that you're effectively paying the same amount that you would for a satellite service provider I mean, if like, you really want everything. I mean, like, okay, so you can now get ESPN+, Plus, Hulu, and... All I've done is cut out the install. And Disney+, Plus all bundled together as one. Yes. Um, You have Verve, which is Crunchyroll. High Dive. Rooster Teeth, Teeth Premium. Mondo. And a couple other things all bundled together as one. Yes. And... You have Peacock. Which is CBS's attempt to be special. Mm-hmm. CBS, you're not special. The only reason anybody's going to subscribe is because you stole the office from everybody. Yeah. Um, you have Paramount Plus now. Paramount Plus looks like it has some really good shit on it, though. Yeah, makes me sad. Anyways, though, ignoring my diatribe about consumeristic things. And the packaging of streaming services as a cable network that you will eventually be paying $100 a month to have access to, just like cable. Yeah. Actually, you know, I think that's basically it, right? Well, I mean, we can hit on video games. I know you I... picked something back up recently. I picked something back up recently. So... True. I picked back up a game that I think I've mentioned on here before or that I kickstarted called Swords in Magic and Stuff. It's not even the one I was thinking of, but go off. Oh. I mean, I was thinking about Eternal Sonata, which you recently restarted as well. I didn't restart it. I, just, I meant yeah. picked back up, but yeah. But no, Swords, um, and, Magic Swords and, and Magic and Stuff, I picked it back up because it's been a while. The first time I was playing it, I was playing on my laptop. It was fine because, you know, it wasn't too big yet. There wasn't a lot of shit going on. But, you know, as they've added more, made patches, fixed things up, my laptop's decided, yeah, I, I don't want to run that anymore in any suitable manner. So I've just been playing on the computer that we used to edit. Yeah, my... my um Gaming PC. Yeah, I, I didn't want to call it a gaming PC because... Gaming, streaming, editing, whatever you want PC. It's just a good PC. Yeah. Like so, I installed it on there and picked it back up, and I've gone. <laughs> I've already gone through all the quests that are available again. But yeah, no, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Can, and can is it available on Steam yet? Like yeah, I think you can actually uh, join the beta, like buy it. I don't know how much it is because, like I said, I got through Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. But I think you can buy it to play on Steam now. Cool, cool. I like you mentioned. I also picked up Eternal Sonata, which I think I've also mentioned. It's just a fantastic game where you're playing in the fever dream of Frederick Chopin. You've definitely mentioned Eternal Sonata on here before. Yeah, hundred percent. You have. Yeah, it's just great music. It's a fun JRPG. Yeah, Swords and Magic and stuff is twenty bucks on Steam right now, and it has a nine out of ten. Yeah, user no, review. It's really enjoyable it is still in beta yeah there's nothing super deep about it you don't have any major ongoing storylines you have a small one but it's not like deep deep levels of complexity story and it's gameplay though is fun it's smooth for the most part and i've been enjoying it also you can't drown so piggybacking off of picking games back up nintendo made an announcement they did about pokemon and one gen, was good gen 4 remakes one happening was bad. and a, another pokemon game i can't remember the name of that looks really good it has arceus it's pokemon legends arceus yeah that looks really cool but i'm actually hitting on the gen 4 stuff because i missed gen 4 i also missed gen 5 <laughs> because i grew up a poor kid and um never had a ds yeah you know you had to buy your 3ds yourself yeah, Same. But it doesn't matter. My point is my struggles include missing Gen 4 and Gen 5. The deepest of struggles. The most painful of first world struggles. So I was really excited about Gen 4 remakes. And even though they don't look graphically the best, I'm still kind of excited about Gen 4 remakes. And because I'm excited about Gen 4 remakes and all the like dreamers I watch play Pokemon, I finally, finally 
started playing Pokemon Shield again. Nice. Very nice. And that's a big thing because I just dropped that game after three gyms and I was like, fuck this game. <laughs> um, I hate the wild area in Pokemon Sword and Shield. And even though I'm on, I just beat the seventh gym and like my Pokemon, I have a, my team is like 19 Mons and they're all like level 50. We're, we're getting ready to go. But even though I've put some time into the game and I'm enjoying it, I still hate the wild area. Like I miss traveling from town to town and on the routes and like just fucking around the random wild encounters like you there's no such thing as a random wild encounter anymore and it's so it irks me so much yeah but i'm having fun with it still so it can't be the worst some of the new pokemon are really cool toxtricity is pretty pretty dope poison electric dude i'm just here for copper raja copper raja dude copper raja is like one of the aces in my team like it's got such a high attack stat, and then like and those heavy slam. And yeah, the way see, the way heavy slam works is basically any Pokemon that weighs less than two hundred and eighty pounds, heavy slam has one hundred and twenty base power against. Yeah, see, my favorite Pokemon go in this listing: Vampy, Copperaja, fill in the rest. I I have others. Donphan after Copperaja? No, I, I don't like Donphan's art. Mamoswine. No, Mamoswine's fucking shit. Mamoswine's on my team. I love my Mamoswine. I hate Mamoswine. I gotta get my um Lampent and my Nuzleaf to level 58 before i can evolve them so that they can learn leaf blade and a really powerful fire move respectively because if you evolve them before then they, they stop learning moves because they're stone evolutions but yeah so i'm back in pokemon been doing that and watching a bunch of tiktoks lately <laughs> nice nice it's all your fault that i watch tiktok yeah i blame my sister i blame you that's fine but yeah i think that covers it uh um, yeah it really does i mean i don't have anything else do you i mean i kickstarted a whole bunch of stuff and i'm waiting to hear back about those yeah basically there's this thing every february on kickstarter called design quest where creators are encouraged to create small designs so like 16 to 40 something page little booklets that are paper stapled together essentially and a lot of the designs are role-playing game related or like just new role-playing games so i backed like eight or nine of them very nice and then always love a good rpg and then in addition to the like eight or nine designs i backed i also backed an entire like full-on new role-playing game like hardback books and shit and i'm super excited for that one too because that one is called lighthearted and it's a magical 80s role-playing game where oh yeah you mentioned this this one's fucking dope where you um play as magical beings so like fairies or pixies or like wizards or mages druids so on and so forth and you're all starting college at a magical university so it's a slice of life role-playing game where you're all magic and it's set in like an 80s era aesthetic so it's monster prom but in the 80s and i fucking (laughs) love me some monster prom so i'm super excited about that i'm gonna run through all the games i backed real fast just in case there's any role-playing game fans that might be interested do it probably by the time this episode goes live this kickstarter will have closed but it closes at like noon on friday march 12th yeah and i mean some places allow you to make late pledges with backer kit and stuff so and it's Eh. called i'm sure you're all wondering why i've gathered you here and it's a player versus player versus npc role-playing game i i thought you gathered us here to do a podcast yeah but the role-playing game is about you and a bunch of other people that you're all tangentially related to being summoned to an island because your great 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 something or other has died and he has he has bequeathed he or she has bequeathed to, to one member of the family all of their riches assuming that they're the last surviving member of the family in the morning Ooh, it's a family battle royale yeah um so that game sounds stoked i also backed the very good dogs of chernobyl yes which is a role-playing game where you play as dogs who've been mutated by the radiation of chernobyl and with that radiation and the magical superpowers that radiation gives you because 
radiation gives superpowers. We all know this. Continue. You have to fight Cthulian monsters. Not actual Cthulian monsters because H.P. Lovecraft is a racist piece of shit, but monsters inspired by the Cthulhu mythos. Okay, okay. Um, in addition, I backed another game by the same creators called Rebel Scum, where you play, where it's basically a Star Wars parody game. Rebel Scum. Where you play as like rebels, bounty hunters, people not associated with the government, and you're fighting against a Nazi fascist regime in space because yeah. that's what Star Wars was. There's a lot of space uh, with and the game like Nazis. in order to make your character better to level up to gain experience you have to physically like literally in the game or meta metaphorically in the game punch nazis in the face always down with that so you know that's just a cool mechanic i'm down for it then there is bad decisions a horror role-playing game where there's no dungeon master storyteller in the game it's kind of freeform but as you play through the game there will be opportunities for characters to die until there's only two characters left and then it becomes a 1v1 like actual like there's a mechanics for it and it's an actual strategy game at that point you're trying to be the final girl and live to the end <laughs> nice there is definitely wizards which i have the pdf for now and i've read through and it sounds amazing definitely wizards is a role-playing game where you a magical being in a world ran by wizards are trying to get your wizarding license despite the fact non-wizarding magic is illegal and what i mean by that is you play as like a vampire or like a druid or somebody that's been a fae, yeah. a sorcerer, maybe. And you have to convince this panel of wizards by going through their tests that, that you... your magic is definitely wizardry. Yep, so that sounds like fun. Then there's Cahoots, a heist game. It's similar to another game we already have. Score. Where you play as a group of bank robbers or heist guys. It doesn't have to be banks. You could you rob anything. <clears throat> can, can that just be a video game? Heist guys. But in Cahoots, the difference between Cahoots and Score is there's a mechanic in Cahoots that encourages everybody to communicate with the storyteller discreetly through like either text messages or written notes or so on and so yeah. forth. Because one of the team members is, is actually backstabber. An, is actually an undercover agent trying to bust this crew. So it's a it's a one versus all, but the the one is a hidden character. I'm super excited. I'm never allowed to play this game. The last thing I backed is called the Company Conflict Resolution Guidelines, and it's just an expansion for the con the company, which is a game I backed last year during Zine Quest, and it's essentially an SP an S an SCP um, mm -hmm. Secure Contain Protect, which is a creepypasta thing, which is insane. And seriously, just go look up SCPs online. I'm not even a huge fan of creepypastas, and I like SP SCP stuff. Well, it's because all SPCs are like kind of isolated their own thing and like they're, they're not all meant to be scary or like yeah no it's it's great it, yeah anyways the company is essentially an sp an scp style game it's not strictly ripped from scps but you play as a group of people from Heavily a company inspired and based upon yeah you play as a group of people who work for a company whose job it is is to prevent normal people from countering non-normal objects so men in black but for more mystically stuff yeah i mean it could be aliens there's aliens in some of yeah yeah, yeah i'm just saying generally but that's everything I've backed on Kickstarter for ZineQuest. Um, ZineQuest is like, honestly, it's a bunch of small creators, and it's really cool to like support small creators. Yeah, you should you should try it. Also, all you have to do to support us is listen to us, and yeah, like or review us on iTunes. Yes, or review us on do iTunes. Do that. Hypnotoad says to review us on iTunes. And, but like it's it's really easy to support small creators, and it's really cool because these are games like once they're printed for Kickstarter, they're probably never getting reprinted like on mass yeah, again. No. So like it's just this cool little game you can have tucked away in your cabinet. And if you're like, lucky, you might find it on like itch. And, like you'd be like, hey guys, you want to play this game? And everybody's like, I've never even heard of it. And you're like, cool, let's play. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's just a fun time. A lot of them don't require a, a lot of signs. I find are meant 
for one shots or for like easy sure. like two like one or two hour game sessions like dive yeah. in dive outs and that's always a great thing to have especially if you're running like a long time campaign and some players don't show up and you're just like well i don't want to continue without them what do we do now we came here to role play well i got this game we can sit down and play for like how long our normal session would be and or, we'll be done or for like all the D players out there who've only played D, there's games that are like totally outside of the realm of rolling dice and combat like i backed one last year called the weight and i haven't got to play it yet because i haven't had a group of people that have been interested in playing a game like the weight but the weight is a game where you sit down you guys you as a group everybody talks about like you you, you come up with a person who you all know as characters in the game mm-hmm. who is dying and you're in the waiting room of the hospital and you have to, as a group you have to deal with the connections you had with this person and the the, ten, the minor or like major connections you might have to the other characters it's more of an acting thing than a like dice-based role-playing game. yeah but you know role-playing games have a lot of acting in them it's not just rolling dice and murdering monsters yeah so like the weight is definitely playing in an area that some people aren't comfortable with which i understand yeah but at the same time i think it's a really cool idea for a game and i'm just really glad i have that in my storage my stack of games but yeah i think that's really it now i've covered all my kickstarter stuff that that, that i've went through right now i'm super excited about all them i need to let you read definitely wizards i got it like yesterday so nope nope you let me read definitely wizards i'll let you read berserker yeah so anyways we have some stuff to go read. We do. So thanks for hanging out with us in the cockpit. We'll catch you on our next flight. I have some, we have some special stuff planned for the month of April. The month of April. That was the month of May. Well, we have some special stuff planned for the month of April, but even more important, May is our one year anniversary and we have some like legit special stuff planned for that. So if you want to contact us, you can email us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. You could tweet us at copilotsreview. And you could just check out the website at copilotsreview.simplecast.com or you could always stop by iTunes where you can listen to us, I guess. But more importantly, leave a review because that'll expose us to more people, which, I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess that doesn't affect you, but think about it. You could find more people to talk to to talk to about given everything that we have here. You could all group together to hate on us or talk about what you like about us. The answer should be nothing, but... And if you want to talk to more like-minded people who maybe enjoy TV shows, movies, video Music, games, Music, nerdy shit in general. You know, pop culture. Yeah. Um, because that's what we are. We're a pop culture podcast. If you want to talk to people that have similar interest in mind, we have a Discord. PCP. And that Discord is linked on our website, which is, again, copilotsreview.simplecast.com. Yeah. You can just click a little hyperlink and it'll take you right there. Thank you again for hanging out. We'll see you on our next flight.